Folks, happy new year to you. It's 2020. Can you believe that? 2020. And that's going to mean a whole lot of different things to different people, depending on what age you are. Uh, for us, uh, we get to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary this year, which will be wonderful. And uh, I'm sure for each of us, you know, we, we're, we're looking at that going, goodness, where are the years going? Where are the years gone? And some of you are looking at me as if to say, I've only lived a few years. Catch, you know, they've got plenty of years to catch up on you. But 2020, I can imagine in the life of many churches today, we're going to be using that kind of illustration to cast vision for the future. And maybe you've seen some of the billboards already kind of attached to churches that say 2020 vision. Yeah, you've heard that, coined that phrase. And uh, so uh, this morning, um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a phrase, 2020 vision. It's synonymous with eyesight. Uh, someone who has 20-20 vision. Now, my understanding of it is, uh, is someone that can see a various, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Rachel, uh, various font size or size of lettering from a distance of 20 feet. Would that be correct there or thereabouts? Just nod, please. Don't shake your head. <laughs> sort of. If it's not quite that, then speak to Rachel afterwards, and she will uh, gladly. Uh, so, so I can, I'm guessing this is roughly sort of 20 feet. I could clearly read all manner of lettering no problems 2020 vision is not a problem for me whatsoever it's the 21 feet that has become an increasing problem over some time now dear and um, I needless to say I've had to succumb and uh, increasingly, the, the arm was only a certain length before I could actually read things. It was becoming more and more challenging for me in certain lights, to be honest. It was nothing to do with the, the eyes at all. It was to do with the, the dimness of the light. And thank you, whoever put that extra light on here, because it really helps me read here right now. But if I had a pound for every single time I'd heard, just go and get glasses from my good lady. Uh, I would have been able to pay for the test and purchase the glasses. So towards the end of 2019, with great reluctance and with a dent in my pride, I've succumbed and I've joined many of you old people. And, uh, and in all seriousness, it was difficult for me, but here they are. Here are the glasses. Thank you. Thank you. I can't see any of you right now. <laughs> you all look a complete blur. <laughs> but boy, it really helps read my notes. But I'm not quite sure. How do you do the bit where you look at your notes and they're like absolutely brilliant and then look at you? Is it, do I have to do that? <laughs> I look like some dodgy professor or some kind of, oh, that is amazing. And now I can see you but I look absolutely ridiculous. So uh, I will put those away and I will struggle with my notes. How's that? No, 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 no. <laughs> I wonder if you know where we're going with this already this morning. Probably some of you are kind of thinking, oh, where's it going? We become what we give our attention to. We become like that which we cast our focus and our gaze uh, towards what we look at, what we focus our attention on, where we choose to gaze will shape and control our lives. Just want you to ponder that for one moment. As we reflect on the previous year, the things that we choose to see, 
the things that we choose to listen to, the relationships in which we keep, the way in which we spend our time. What is it that captures our attention? What is it that captures our thinking? What are the things that we focus our attention and our lives upon? Because whatever those things are, they're the things that shape our lives. And they're the things that we become more and more like. And so as we evaluate last year some questions, what happened last year? What did we do? What did we not do that we wanted to do? What did we give our yes to? What did we give our no to? Where did we place our affection and our attention? Whose voices did we listen to? What messages did we read and see? Who are the people that I invested in? Who are the ones who took time to invest in me? How did I see life change? Where did I see God at work in my life? What steps towards wholeness and becoming like Jesus did I make? You see, what we do, what we see, what we think, that's what we become. And Jesus said um, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, what's important, that's where your heart will be also. Jesus is using this very verse in the context of money and possessions. And that's really what he's addressing there and then. And uh, in this particular context, we could simply say by uh, gaining more and more possessions or chasing after money, they are the things that can actually gain our heart because that's where our treasure is. And that could be something for some of us. But it doesn't necessarily have to mean that very thing. I think we can slightly take this verse slightly out of context and simply say whatever it is that gives us meaning whatever it is that gives us value that's our treasure and whatever it is that we value highly that's the thing that we treasure and that's where our heart will be is it wrong to treasure anything else other than god well no not really you know, I treasure my children. You'll be glad to know. I treasure relationship and marriage with Chantel. You'll be glad to know. But if those relationships become more important than relationship with Jesus, then we begin to have an issue. Where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. I want to just look briefly uh, this morning as we kind of enter into this new year, just three areas or three things that can capture our hearts and become our treasure. And we make uh, nearly an idol from them because that's what gains our focus and our attention. And the first one I want us to look at are our mobile phones. These handheld devices can serve us really well. They help us make phone calls. They even allow us to see the face of the person that we're talking to. It's amazing these days. We can write messages to the person that we love. We can write messages to encourage one another. We can check the weather forecast, which is really, really helpful. We can use the maps if we want to find our way. We can read the Bible. We can pay for the groceries and a whole manner of different things on our phones. 
And yet, there's lots of other things that we do spend our time, our energy, and our devotion onto these handheld devices. I don't need to list them. Pay attention to your weekly screen report if you get one on a Sunday morning, if you have an iPhone. Pay attention to the things in which you're using your phone for. What are the videos, the blogs, the social media messages? What is it that we're doing with our phones that's shaping our very, very lives? Remember a number of weeks ago I quoted this. This came from a study in the States. They studied or surveyed 100,000 people in, in the US. And they found out that the average person, this is the average person, would touch their mobile phone 2,617 times per day during 76 sessions of using their phone and an average of 145 minutes per day. These things which many of us, I would say the majority of us have, probably right now in our pockets or in our handbags or wherever, they're the things which we use and they are synonymous and they're part and parcel of our everyday lives. And they're brilliant. And yet, they can become an idol in our lives. And if we're not careful, they can really, really shape our lives, our worldview. I was having this very conversation with Sam, our son Sam and our daughter Hope just the other day. We were driving somewhere and I was kind of giving them a bit of a rundown of what I was going to be talking about this morning. <coughs> and I basically said, one of the significant factors what teenagers struggle with today are themselves. It's their own image, their own uh, self-worth and what have you. And so much of it comes through the things that they're looking at, through social media and comparing themselves. And I said, and they're, they're smart enough and wise enough now to understand that what most people portray on their social media is the best of their lives. And we begin to look at it. We begin to compare our lives. And before we know it, we, we feel like, oh, I'm not like that. Or I haven't got that. Or I don't look like that. And that's a significant major factor in young people's lives. But it's not just young people. It's all of our lives. Pay attention to how we're using our phones and what images and what messages are being portrayed and shaping us. Romans 12, well-known verse says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world is what we see. If we're focused and our gaze and our attention is on these things, will shape us. But Paul is writing, saying, do not conform. Do not be like the rest of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Good, perfect, pleasing will is for our lives. Our mobile phones. You tell a lot about a person by how we use those. Secondly, um, another thing that captures our gaze and our attention, and it's not necessarily a treasure. I wouldn't necessarily say we treasure this, but it's something certainly that captures many of our attention, and it's worry. It's negative thinking, and it's fear. And it's no surprise that, that already in, that, in our time of worship, and Chantel uh, kind of followed that on at the end of the worship about fear. It's something that's synonymous. It's such a significant part of our lives, of our world. I mean, our world, look around, turn on the TV. It's fear, fear, fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what might happen. And again, we become like what we focus on. And if we're not careful, we get so wrapped up 
in this negative thinking. We get so driven and controlled by fear, worry, and it really can shape our lives. And any of you know me well, you'll know that that's a significant battle for me. Something that robs me of joy, it steals the freedom that God has given me. And it's something which I wrestle with on a daily, daily basis. If I'm not careful, I know that if I don't capture those thoughts, if I don't, I can go down a line I don't want to go down. And I know because I see it in your faces, I share this, it's your thing as well. And the things that I struggle with, you might listen to me and go, oh man, that's nothing, don't worry about that. But for you, it could be something completely different. And I might go, oh, what are you, what is up? And so much of it comes from our culture and society, but a lot of it is an assignment from the evil one because he wants to rob, kill, and destroy. And he sows these thoughts into our minds, into our lives. The opposite of, uh, of fear is courage. We need to take courage and have courage. The opposite of worry is trust. Trusting in God who loves us and cares for us and who invites us not to live under this burden, but to live free. Uh, the following passage from the one briefly that we read there from the Sermon on the Mount, the next, very next passage, Jesus says the very words, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? In the midst of worry, let us trust. In the midst of fear, let us have courage. And let us not do these things alone. May we encourage one another. Let us take uh, steps of faith this year. We, uh, we learned another word. For years, Vineyard Church, we've taught this for years, that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. That in order to take steps of faith, we're to take risks. And we learned a different way of spelling the word faith during the year when we're at our Vineyard Leaders Conference called Legacy, that faith is spelt T-R-Y. And we were so encouraged just last year, the number of people, number of you, that you stepped out the boat, that you were willing to listen to the words of the Father and step out the boat and try and try. I love the fact that at about two o'clock this afternoon, a number of you folks will try and you'll go to the old folks' home just down the, court, just down the road from here. And just try and connect with some folks there. Who knows what God will do with that? That simply came from a conversation that we'd had with Andrew and Babs just a number of weeks ago. Saying, what, what's God saying to you? Where's God leading you? What, what's he saying? And literally a few weeks later, Babs comes back and she says, I feel like God's been speaking to me about uh, folks in our community who are really lonely who are kind of really, really isolated. And I think that we should go there and we should just go and do a, a, a very short service and go and talk to the people and go pray there. And I was just like, oh my goodness, that sounds like Jesus. Give it a go. What's the worst that could happen? And we went for it just before Christmas there. It was absolutely incredible time. Incredible moment. Bringing the kingdom right there. And I love it how so many of you have given your yes to Jesus and you've tried 
And here's the thing. If you try and fail, that's a win as far as we're concerned. Give it a go. Let's celebrate this year epic fails. Let's have some epic wins, but let's have, in fact, oh, here's when I haven't thought through something. I'm just going to say it. Chantelle's already shaking her head. <laughs> we're going to do it. So, uh, summertime in around June, we'll probably ha where we'll have uh, our annual appreciation event. It's our time where we celebrate and we say thank you to all of you who've served during the year. You've been on a team or you've led group or you've uh, made the coffee or you've done this, you've done that. You've just been part of the team and you've rolled your sleeves up and you've served in some capacity. We have a party and we say thank you. Last year, we gave out a number of awards and kind of just certificates and fun things to celebrate wins. A job well done, really well served. This year, let's have a prize for the most epic fail. Can we have that? Someone who stepped out the boat and sank. As long as it doesn't cost us loads of money. It's okay to try. And that's what God is actually inviting many of us into, is try. Don't let fear steal what God's spoken to you about. Have a go. The last one, briefly, in our time this morning. The thing that we sometimes focus on is having our ducks in a row. Some of you totally understand what that means. This is what it means. It simply means having it all together. Having every box ticked. Having it all neat and tidy. When the in-tray contents are placed in the out-tray, when you feel like you've finally got your act together, you've done your course, maybe you've retired, the emails are answered, we wait for the day when the sun is shining. We wait for the day when the bank account has some money in it. The kids are grown up and happy. The kitchen is tidy. Maybe you've done your spin class. Maybe you've read your Bible. Maybe you've done all those things you've been mean to do. And then maybe you get to serve the Lord. And maybe you get to do the thing that God's been speaking to you about for ages. And meanwhile, you've been saying no to the kingdom. You've been saying no because today has enough things to worry about. You've been focusing on getting everything sorted. Life just isn't like that. Life, we don't know what will bring to us this year. Don't know what will come our way. Life is this and life is that. It's busy and there's this and these things that happen. If we're waiting for the day and we've got everything sorted, you'll miss out on what God has for you today. The psalmist writes, the Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. We want to make Jesus the focus of our attention this year. Of course we do. We want to become more like him. We want to do the things that he does. As we go into this new year, there will be lots of things focusing, uh, fighting for our attention demanding our time, demanding our finances, demanding our, uh, our affection and our thoughts, 
And then we will become like those things unless we make Jesus the very center of our focus, the very center of our attention. May I wholeheartedly recommend to you the app that Chantel mentioned earlier, Lectio 365. It is brilliant. For many of us who are used to using our phones and, and watching things and reading things on them, it is brilliant. It lasts just a few brief minutes. And you can read it if you want to, or you can close your eyes and listen to Pete Gregg or whoever it is do it for you and lead you into God's presence as you give him your attention and your affection. One day Jesus comes to the disciples. One evening they've been out at sea and he comes to them walking on the water and Peter is invited to come join Jesus on the water. And Peter steps out the boat and Peter begins to make some steps like Jesus on the surface of the water. Jesus says, come, he says. Peter gets down out of the boat, walks on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. We've used this passage before and I'm using it again this morning to remind us. When Peter saw the wind, he saw the effect of the wind on the waves, he was afraid and he began to sink. He took his gaze off Jesus and allowed the wind and the circumstances in his life dictate and affect his life because he took his gaze from Jesus and he saw the wind and the waves. Folks, this year will have wind, it will have waves, it will have all manner of things which will cause us to be afraid. And Jesus is inviting us to say, put your eyes on me. 2020 vision is about gazing, giving him our attention, looking to him, trusting in him, standing in his love and not allowing the fear to control us and dictate our very lives. One of my favorite verses from the Bible, which if ever I was allowed to get a tattoo, not that I'm big into those, I would like to get tattooed. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off no, 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 I'll I get to the bit that I'd like. <laughs> Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. This is it. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes, our gaze, our attention, our focus, our hearts, on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those of you who know that passage well, it's after um, some great biblical heroes, they're the witnesses. But I think also, I felt this uh, maybe last night, this morning, as it's not in the notes as I was preparing, but I really felt like 
we need to really encourage one another. And I know that we do this well as a church, but as we go, in a few minutes, we'll finish a service, as we go for coffee, as we pray for one another, we really, really need to continue to stand together, shoulder to shoulder, back to back, front to front, arms around each other, and encourage one another and spur one another on towards Jesus. Let us go for it this year. Let us bring out the best in each other. Let us really, really encourage one another. And if you see others that are struggling, if you see others who are not connecting with the body, then, then have a word. Have an encouragement and bring them in. Come on, folks. Come on as a church that we would gaze our attention on him, but that we would do it together, that we wouldn't do it alone.